Hey everyone, hey and welcome back to yet another episode of Alpha Metallica. You join us on the 118th episode of the show. We are on the R's now. You know, we are really deep into the alphabet. I think I've got about 10 songs or so available slot-wise and we're looking to run to 162 currently. But I will start canvassing towards the end, asking people maybe ones that I've missed out. Maybe get in touch with me, metallicapod.com, if you think there's an obvious song I haven't. But I have sort of cross-referenced this with spin.com and the like, the authorities there, so all music, etc. But metallicapod.com, as I mentioned before, at metallicapod on the Twitter, if you want to follow the show, if you enjoy the show, if you want to support the show as well, Patreon is there, patreon.com forward slash alphatallica. Get access to episodes like this and, you know, various others on a dedicated RSS feed. But, uh, yeah, here we are today with a... Iron Maiden cover, you know, the only one really, although they have done another kind of quasi run to the hills cover that we'll get to. But um, chatting to David, David, how's it going? I'm well, Tom. How are you? I'm very well. I, you know, I don't quite remember the circumstances exactly, but one of our initial encounters was because you had a David Lee Roth quote in your Twitter bio. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, it's actually one of one of my favorite quotes from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that quote was the uh, small world until they lose your luggage, right? Yeah, it's a small world until they lose your luggage. When I heard that, I just couldn't stop laughing, and and I felt that that just summed up so many of my thoughts so well. I've said it before on the show, you know, Van Halen to me, they're one of my all-time favorite bands. Their debut album is something I've been continually obsessed with ever since I first heard it. Well, yeah, it still holds up. I mean, it's one of the best debut hard rock albums of all time, and, uh, you know, personally, I think Eddie Van Halen deserves to be in the same sentence with uh, Mozart and Beethoven. He's just a brilliant, brilliant musician. And Van Halen is one of the greatest uh, American rock bands, if not the greatest American rock bands of all time, in my opinion, at least. Iron Maiden or Van Halen? Iron Maiden or Van Halen? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, I, I know you love Maiden. I love Maiden. We're discussing yeah. a Maiden song, but where, where do you stand on that? You know, if I, if I had to choose, I would say Iron Maiden only because uh, there's much more material from them. Mm. Um, and, and you know, in a, in a lot of ways, uh, Maiden's uh, trajectory followed Metallica's in a lot of ways because uh, the same way that the Load albums were uh, a sidestep for Metallica, the Blaze albums were a sidestep <laughs> for Maiden. Yo, and, that, that Blaze Load Reload comparison is so rich. That's so true. <laughs> in, in a way, though, I mean, like as as, as good Future as the, yeah, yeah as, as good as some of those songs were, that mm-hmm. sidestep allowed Maiden to become even bigger than they were when when Bruce rejoined the band and when Metallica um, figured it out again, if you will. Uh, and I have a few thoughts on that, uh, you know, with the Saint Anger uh, uh, period there. Uh, when when they when they figured it out again and got back to basics with their thrash metal, um, in, in a lot of regards, they're they're probably as big as they were in the early '90s. And, you know, we'll return to Maiden, but just getting into Metallica for yourself, like, w- when did that begin? Uh, I was about 12 years old, and it was uh, it, it was the Freddie Mercury tribute concert. Um, I was, uh, I was and still am a very big Queen fan. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I'm, I might have heard of Metallica at that point because uh, the Black Album had been out for several months before that. Uh, but I, I just can't remember if I had heard of them before then. 
And when John Deacon introduced Metallica at the Freddie Mercury tribute concert, um, you know, there was like, what, 70, 71,000 yeah. people at that stadium. Perm. And uh, when they started playing Enter Sandman, which, in my opinion, is the We Will Rock You of the 90s. <laughs> uh, yeah. In it for my twelve year old brain at that time, and my uh, my life literally changed. Mm. Uh, you know, just seeing James come out, you know, looking like this barbarian god with you know the black shirt, black pants, black guitar, playing that riff. Uh, it, it was just it was just an amazing moment for me, um, and I became a hardcore Metallica fan in that moment. Um, you know, I bought the Black Album and all the other four all four of those other records, and I lived with them. Um, and then when Load came out. Um, I was 16, and I remember it vividly because I had just gotten my driver's license, mm. and I drove down to the record store, and I looked at the cover, and I thought, okay, yeah. and then I turned it over, and there they are in their you know, Cuban pimp outfits and stuff, and I'm like, okay, I don't know if I want this album anymore. <laughs> wow really even though you dug yeah. the band so much well you know you know I, I i know you've talked about this a lot with some other metallica fans but um you know i i uh, i was one of those kids who who uh the undergroundness of metallica really spoke to um and you know that that's this feeling of like you know your school your schoolmates don't get you but we do um, that's what really got to me. And even though Metallica has always been that group that did things their own way and did things, uh, you know, that they want to do, you know, in a strange way, when, when they started doing what they wanted to do, it kind of felt like it was leaving me behind. And, um, it took, it, it really wasn't until, uh, around, uh, just after St. Anger when, when I was reminded why I was a Metallica fan. Okay. Um, and, and the best way I can, I can compare it to, for me at least, is um, if you don't mind, I know we just did an Iron Maiden comparison with Blaze, but I'm going to do a Kiss comparison. Okay. Load and Reload were like Dynasty and Unmasked. You know, when when I first heard uh, the opening riffs of, of Load with with uh, Ain't My Bitch and later and, and Until It Sleeps and whatnot, it probably was a lot like what Kiss fans went through in the late 70s when they heard I Was Made For Loving You. Um, you know, in a way, it was almost like, how do we fit in with what's going on today as opposed to continuing to blaze what we had already forged? Uh, and, um, it, uh, and then when St. Anger came out, it was almost like, uh, uh, music for the elder where you to really appreciate it. You have to understand what was going on at that time. And, you know, it, it's almost as if the movie, some kind of monster and St. Anger are one complete package. Yes, um, they are a symbiotic whole. Absolutely. At least I think so, and so, uh, and it was around, and it was around the time when Load came out when I discovered Iron Maiden. So, believe it or not, Maiden for me as well have been one of those bands like Metallica that got into really early on. I think initially I listened, I had a very weird entrance to the band. I listened to Dance of Death. I don't know if you've listened to that. Two thousand and three. Oh yeah, I, I actually saw Maiden on that tour. Yeah, I mean, fantastic album. 
I think, you know, from from back to front, really. And, and you mentioned before when Bruce returned back to the band. And I don't know which version I prefer, actually, because the problem with the sort of new Mark II Bruce thing is there are some long fucking songs. Like, <laughs> and they're not as dynamic as they think they are. Like, there's a certain way Steve Harris writes riffs with that shape of his, that 5-7 shape. And don't get me wrong, I enjoy it. And I think Remember Tomorrow is a good, you know, it's off their debut album for people who aren't aware uh, of I May. It's actually the second song on the debut album uh, written by Steve Harris. Talking of the song then itself and the band, this was actually recorded in 2008, but it's part of Hardwired. That's what it's kind of been officially released on. Had you heard this before, Hardwired? Were you aware of it? Uh, yeah, actually, I had that tribute record mm-hmm. uh, that it came out on, Made in Heaven, uh, that featured yeah. like Avenged Sevenfold and Dream Theater and Trivium. Trivium. Yeah, it's quite good, actually. I haven't listened to the whole thing. Coheed and Cambria apparently did The Trooper. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Not as good as Motorhead's version. No, oh, Gallows were on it, actually. They're a really good UK band. I don't know if they, did they break in America at all? Not really, no. no, no or if they did, they weren't. They're not on my radar. Yeah, um, Brave New World's also covered on there. So, so yeah, it was very cool that they did this, and obviously they are, you know, giant fans of the band. There was this odd um, kind of civil war of sorts in the metal world that was clearly a joke taken the wrong way by a ravenous press. Um, I don't know if you saw that where in 2011 Bruce sort of claimed that Iron Maiden were a way better band than Metallica. Yeah, I vaguely remember that. And I don't really remember the circumstances of that. But, you know, um, it, it wasn't that around that time when Bruce and Ozzy were going at it and Sharon Osbourne decided to egg them. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Oh, maybe that was a few years earlier. I think it was slightly um, earlier. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, yeah, I mean, Bruce sort of put it into classist terms, really. They were gold plated middle class bourgeoisie. He said they're not maiden. But Lars is such a fucking maiden fanboy and such an awesome yeah. dude all around. So zen about things. He offered a really humbled response uh, in The Guardian saying, quote, I will never argue with that. I will always support Bruce Dickinson and whatever nonsense he says. That's part of the fun. So go Iron Maiden. It's fine. Yeah, and, and and you know Bruce uh Bruce is he almost missed his calling as like a WWE wrestler or right. something. You know, he 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 has no problem talking about whatever it is that's on his mind. You know, the very first time I saw Iron Maiden, um he went off on Twisted Sister for like no reason. And it's like when was the last time Twisted Sister did anything? Yeah. And Horrible and then D Snyder came out and he was like um we opened for you guys in like 85. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, I don't, I, yeah, I watched that Netflix Twisted Sister thing recently and it kind of just made me hate them. I don't know what it was. It's their music sort of gets on my nerves slightly, but let's get to this music. Remember tomorrow. Yeah. And they are quite different versions, aren't they? Like they, they do take it in different directions. Sound entirely different. Yeah. The, the sound is very different. Um, and Metallica brought in their own arrangement. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, and, and in a way, James's vocals are a bit more dramatic than Paul's, yeah. uh, when Paul Diano sang it on the first record. Uh, and I, I'm not going to say like whether or not I like one more than the other. There are aspects of each that I like more than, uh, than the other. Um, and I, I kind of wonder if like, if this arrangement is what, um, you know, uh, Lars and Kirk and James in their old, uh, uh, air guitar days envisioned the sound, the, the song sounding like. 
Maybe so. Yeah, I've got to say, I do prefer the Iron Maiden version, hands down. Sure. I just think there's more soul in it. There's more of that wide 70s warmth. I think the solos are a million times better than what Kirk does on this song, really. Uh, I don't I I don't feel it at all. Like, who were the... Who, so it was Dave Murray and... Would it have been uh, it was, Adrian um, Smith or there been somewhere Stratton. else? No, it's Stratton. Stratton, okay, yeah. So this is, uh, this is obviously the debut. But yeah, I mean, Dave Murray is an outstanding player. His legato is so mercury smooth and inventive. Yeah, definitely. And and in a way, um, I, 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 I hesitate to say it, but I mean, it's almost as if like the guitar solo on Metallica's version was like take one and Kirk said, nah, it's good enough. Yeah. I, I think so as well. I mean, there's certain points where he'll play a, a note in a stinging fashion and, you know, there'll be the odd spasmodic rip in time that he'll kind of just do a flourish on the fretboard. But um, the intro is very different in arrangement, as you mentioned. They do tamper with that. Uh, a lot of people compare it to Creeping Death. Uh, I can see that. Yeah. I can definitely see that. And it's... Um, and, and, because it just yeah, hammers in. It just thunders mm-hmm. in. Yeah, yeah. It has that sort of percussive, like, you know, Am I Evil has those certain uh, entrance music rhythms to it. And I was surprised, actually, I didn't really realise that it wasn't just a hardwired release, because when I just heard it in context of that record, it always felt very Atlas Risey to me, which I guess in of itself is a new wave of British heavy metal track. Yeah, definitely. And and, uh, uh, and everybody knows that... uh, uh, Lars just worships the new wave of British yeah. heavy metal. Yeah. Um, just recently doing an episode on all the uh, bands that have supported Metallica and on their first headline in European tour, they had Tank with them. Tank, this sort of motorhead clone that are actually quite good. And Lars is just raving about them as if they're the Beatles and stuff. And, uh, you know, I love the guys in Fusion for this. And, and, and yeah, I'm surprised... They haven't done more Maiden covers. They've, you know, always extended love. I don't know if you saw there was that, like, documentary of, like, the hardwired North American Stadium tour, and there was a section where James was talking about Steve Harris, like, coming to the gig and, like, watching them the entire time and then being nervous and playing, like, 5% faster and stuff. And, you know, they they, they clearly idolize these guys. Oh, definitely. I, I did not see that documentary, but um, I did see the documentary about Saxon, where uh, Lars goes off on, on how much he loves denim and leather. Cool. I've not seen that. I love Saxon, but yeah. Yeah, too. Yeah. There was... Um, I remember, actually, I don't know if you've seen this, but there was... Well, you probably wouldn't have seen this. On Channel 4, a show over here, there used to be this program with Harvey Goldsmith, who's kind of like this famous PR guy or whatever, and he resurrected people's careers. And Saxon did a whole episode where they recorded a comeback single about knife crime and the temptations of the blade or whatever. It was a very plaintive, yeah, emotional I, song. Yeah. I didn't see the actual documentary. I read about it, though. And in fact, in the Saxon documentary, they omit their uh, Saxon's participation in this. Okay. Uh, <laughs> because I remember reading about um, going to, like, was it a, uh, a Hotspur game to do the uh, world record of air guitar? Oh, yeah, that was in it. Yeah, Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah, okay, so... There's Saxon, there's another bunch to get. Tigers of Pantang as well, and uh, Venom and, you know, whatever, fill your boots over there. But, um, I mean, this tune itself, okay, it does change a lot, but also it, a lot of the main riffs are replicated by James mm-hmm. and Kirk. And there's, there's an exciting set of riffs, as most Maiden songs ever. Yeah, and there, there's a moment in, uh, right, I think it's right after the first verse, 
where Kurt does like a little impromptu solo that's not in the original mm-hmm. uh, that is very classic Kirk. Yeah. Um, and then when it goes into the actual solo section, uh, it's so hyper and so like um, uh, almost confused, like sure. like he forgot to think of something to yeah, do there. Yeah. And uh, honestly, like the first two times I listened to it, I was like, wait, was that the guitar solo? Yeah, it's bewildering. It is. Yeah. As I say, if you do put it side by side to the original guys, yeah, it does just feel quite weak and quite new to it. Kirk would even admit that he's not as good as Dave Murray. No, no. I mean, yeah, Dave Murray is... Is he the best Maiden guitar player in your opinion? I'd maybe say Smith, personally, might be my favourite. Um, you know, they're, they're two very different guitar players in that Dave... Um, uh, you know, he's so, um, almost bluesy, like he could Mm. fit really well into like a latter era thin Lizzy. Yes. Um, where, uh, Adrian is, um, almost like, um, uh, if, if Richie Blackmore ever decides not to do rainbow, Adrian Smith would be perfect. And I guess Adrian Smith, for people not aware as well, wrote a lot more material like he would write, not exactly the line shake, because the great thing about Maiden was there was kind of three big writers, uh, Steve yeah. Rightness and obviously Bruce as well. But, um, you know, as I say, I do prefer the original for quite a number of reasons, but I appreciate what Metallica have done with it. It's just, I don't know, I, I don't, the sound of it to me is a little, I don't know, it's a little chewy and tight, and I, I prefer mm. hearing the strings ring, you know, on the original. Yeah, and it's uh, it, it was very uh, the sound quality there, the recording, the production is very uh, reminiscent of what where Metallica was at that time. Absolutely. Yeah, um, you know, trying to compress their sound uh, almost to make it sound like it was recorded on a cassette. Um, you know, back in the early '80s, in a way. Uh, and I would be very curious to hear not only this song but also like. Uh, the entire Death Magnetic record, if it were to be like remastered or remixed uh, for the era um, of like the Black Album, uh, mm-hmm. much more atmospheric and and for big speakers as opposed to headphones. And as always, we reach out to you guys at Metallica Pod to see what you think. We didn't get too many responses because I appreciate this isn't one of the better known songs of theirs, certainly. Uh, Ralph saying, love the original and the cover. I wish the production on the cover was a bit better, though, just as we said. Can we get this live once, maybe? Yeah, it's never been played live. Uh, John saying, awesome, love the Creeping Death intro. And Bob saying, great cover, even if the intro sounds a bit like Creeping Death. I'm still bummed that they chose this instead of Prowler, though. I mean... What other Maiden covers would you want to hear by Metallica? By Metallica? I mean, uh, maybe like Die With Your Boots On. Wow, okay. That's Uh, very Maiden-y, that is. Like, this one's almost quite heavy, you know what I mean? It's quite ambiguous, but that's very sort of fantasy, historical, epic, like, rock. Yeah, because, like, I mean, like, what what Maiden song would sound... I mean, Two Minutes to Midnight would work really Mm. well with with Metallica. Mm, Uh, Yeah. uh the wicker man maybe um yeah love that song yeah uh none of the later songs uh i mean maybe a few um uh, yeah uh, just like off the top of my head those are the first couple that i think metallica would, would really uh sink their teeth into and make it like their own the same way they did with this one killers would be fun to hear mm. Mm. yeah i like these choices yeah definitely um 
I mean, let us know down below as well, uh, Metallica.gmail.com, uh, what you would like to hear Metallica cover. I mean, Metallica, they, they've got to be one of the greatest cover bands of all time. Well, they, I mean, yeah, they, 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 I mean, it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of an odd way of phrasing it, but you know what I mean? Like what other big bands cover so regularly and so brilliantly as they do? Not a lot. I mean, other than like dream theater, but their whole thing is like entire albums. Yeah. Yeah. But they haven't actually released a covers album. Have they? I don't think they have. First album. Not that I'm aware of. I mean, they've done, done like, um, uh, because they did dream theater did all of master of puppets and all of, uh, number of the beast. Yeah, they did. Um, and uh, I don't know if they were officially released, but I know that they released them as like sound soundboard uh, downloads. Cool, cool. I mean, yeah, you guys can go check that out on YouTube as well. That is astonishing. They did that, and they have an album called The Astonishing, I think, as well. Which I yeah, they did. Really and which... They're supposed to release that as a novel as well. Yeah, I read the storyline. It's one of the most cliche nineteen eighty four ripoffs, and, and like John <laughs> Petrucci wrote it. I think. I mean, I love John Petrucci, but you know, I don't know. I wonder if he writes like he picks just at this like speed frequency because it definitely felt rushed. But um, yes. yeah, check out uh, the astonishing and check out Dream Fear as well. So, uh, any uh, any final thoughts on this song? On this song, I think we covered like the big the big things about it. I mean, I love James's voice. I would love to hear. Um, uh, a good remix of it of some of some kind uh so it's a little bit more accessible uh but i think it's a great cover um and uh if they were to ever do like a garage inc 2 uh i'd love to hear uh some more uh, nwobhm uh, uh era songs from it it'd be great if they did just did an album of that shit like that was the oh theme. definitely i would love that that would be crazy yeah, I would love to hear them do that. Like, I do remember Lars being on the Chris Jericho podcast, and at the end they were talking about uh, New Wave. Lars like got up some like I can't, they were called like Angel Tongue or something. They had like ten views on YouTube, and it was just like you gotta you gotta check these guys out. So yeah, if they were to resurrect some of those, I would look forward to that. Um, we will close with a few quickfire questions. The first of which being, what is your favorite song by Metallica? Right now, it's actually All Nightmare Long. Mm. Uh, I love that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but lately I've been going back to the black album a lot. It's just sort of been drawing me back to it. Um, so, uh, like sad, but true is, is a fun one as well. Uh, but I just love that, that, that breakdown riff on all, all nightmare long. Mm, yeah that was a uh that was an early episode actually with andre and yeah that is an incredible song off a wonderful album what about your favorite album in general by the band uh my favorite album in general is really uh uh and justice mm. um because i i wore that cassette out when i had it <laughs> <laughs> i mean what is it about the album like, just the labyrinth rhythms or yeah you know it it's really it it's really the whole package of it the rhythms the theme mm. um the uh you know uh, the the i remember like the feelings i had like as a teenager and just and just identifying with with that so much like blackened and injustice and uh eye of the beholder and one uh and then of course the whole packaging of it um on the cassette that i had uh, you know the the text uh and the track listings it looked like it was all like etched in stone in a way and just devouring every word on the liner notes and the lyrics and holding it in my hand it was i just uh i that feeling is is honestly something that i miss wow that was powerful yeah no and uh, um I, I couldn't agree more yeah it's a stupendous release uh what about favorite member of the band uh 
It would probably be Cliff hmm. um, or Jason. Um, and, you know, this question comes up a lot where it's like, uh, what would, you know, the Black Album or Load be like if Cliff had been alive? And yeah, uh, Cliff probably would have been the only one with long hair in the Load era. But I think he would have done what Jason really wanted to do, which is like, you know, sit Lars and Kirk down and be like, we need to talk about your eyeliner. Um, and, you know, the and I, I, I failed to elaborate on this a little bit earlier, but, you know, even though musically Load and Reload are, are really good. And I think a lot of fans who kind of fell out of that era uh, when those albums came out, like myself, um, 10 years, 15 years later, we can look back and be like, you know what, Metallica was really onto something. Uh, but if if they had released in, in, in load stead, uh, whether it was Death Magnetic or Hardwired, no one would have noticed that they cut their hair. Right. You know, because we forget Rob Halford had short hair. Uh, Phil Osamo had short hair. Um, Adrian Smith's hair is not that long. You it's know, not, it never no. really was. Um, but no one really would have noticed that they had cut their hair if musically it was so different. And I wonder if their image at that time was more in line with like, uh, uh, the black album or Justice, where maybe they had short hair, but it was, you know, jeans and a t-shirt and leather jackets. If the music would have been, uh, more accepted at that time, we can, we can speculate. Uh, I think so though. Wow. It was that divisive. It was the whole package, really. Uh, it was everything that was going on at that time, and it felt like they were chasing uh, what was what was popular, uh, as opposed to blazing their own way. Um, but you know, if you if you eliminate the image, uh, and you know, you got to remember they even changed their logo on those covers. Oh, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it was everything at that time, you know, for like the 16 year old and, you know, the forever 16 year olds, uh, when they, when they saw that image and those photographs and those videos, and then hearing the music with it, it was like, who are you? And what did you do with my favorite band? Um, I mean, a, a great example of this, honestly, is like, you know, just listen to Eddie Trunk talk about Van Halen's jump. Um, you know, it's like. Yeah, that breaks his heart, doesn't it? That song. It really does, and it's like it's a really good pop song. Yeah, <laughs> it's got the ending of Jump is very beautiful. I think the note choice yeah, there and the segues tone. perfectly to Top of the World. It does. Oh man, nineteen eighty four is just yeah, um, astonishing, astonishing stuff. Um, like like Dream Fear. So, have you seen the band uh, live at all? Metallica, actually, mm. believe it or not, I haven't. Ah. Um, I just never had the opportunity yeah. to. Every time they came to a city near me, I either couldn't go or I wasn't able to for whatever reason. Um, but I did once see a cover band that did nothing but Metallica songs, and the only non-Metallica songs that they played were uh, cover songs that Metallica had covered. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, final question then: If you were to do a podcast like this about a band that you love, what's a band you would cover? Um, believe it or not, it would be uh, the Tony Martin era of Black Sabbath. Cool. Okay. Um, I just love those four or five albums that he did with them. Uh, I think they're the most uh, interesting. I think they're the most accessible, and I think they're the most undervalued among Sabbath fans. Have you listened to Sabbath Bloody Podcast? 
Uh, I have, yeah. Uh, I think it's really, I think it's really good, and he's just now getting to the Tony Martin. Oh, yeah, era, I was so. going to say, yeah. So um, go check out Ryan there as well. But that that's a good idea for a podcast, actually. And I mean, there um, there are a few Van Halen podcasts. I always mention Dave and Dave Unchained. Then if you've heard that, yeah. One. And I want to give them a I want to give them a shout out because uh, it was their podcast that introduced me to yours. Oh, is that right? Yeah, they they gave you a shout out one time. I'm like, oh. I should check this out. Yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> no, I appreciate that. Yeah, I that is genuinely one of my favorite podcasts going. Like they release one a month for people who don't know. They're like three hours long. They always yeah, cover great topics. Like I listened to their one on Van Halen Free the other day, and it was just a superb breakdown of the history and the songs. And you know, I really mm-hmm. love those guys. And um, but but yeah, man. So uh, Iron Maiden as well. I guess finally they do have a podcast. I think I'm not quite sure. Iron Maiden, uh, yeah. There's a t- there's one that I listen to uh, from a couple of Canadian guys called Talking Maiden. Okay, cool. Uh, and that's a good fun one. They don't go in order, um, mm. but every every few episodes they'll do like three or four on on one album. Uh, and uh, I just recently listened to the one about the X Factor, um, uh, giving it its due. Uh, and uh, they do like three or four episodes just on Adrian Smith songs and Ooh. his uh, other solo projects yeah i'm just looking at it now that, that this is a good recommendation i'm definitely gonna check these guys out yeah they got like um volume three on the b-sides live mm-hmm. after death uh doing four parts on no prayer for the dying guitar solos okay yeah this is a really good recommendation so i guess finally what about yourself is there anything you'd like to promote uh, well, I'm going to be starting my uh, formally launching my own company here pretty soon uh, called Ice Cream Voices. Um, I'm just about to graduate uh, from Voices for All to be a professional uh, voice actor and mm. voiceover artist narrator. And uh, so, if any of your listeners out there uh, would like uh, some uh, voiceover work done for them, uh, if you mention this podcast, I'll give you the friends and family discount. <laughs> All right, excellent. That's cool. That's so cool. Uh, doing voiceovers for what, adverts or uh, adverts, uh, corporate training videos, oh. audio books. Uh, maybe if you want an introduction uh, done for uh, your uh, next podcast venture or something like okay. that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, we'll put your details down below, and of course, follow us at MetallicaPod. Get in touch with MetallicaPod at gmail.com. We do have um, some songs coming up shortly. What do we have? Stone Dead Forever is available if you want to come on and discuss that one. Um, what else do we have? Um, oh, The Unforgiven 2 is available. And Today Your Love, Tomorrow the World. So they're the next three up for grabs. Get in touch with me there. Patreon, iTunes, support us any way you can. Please leave a review on there and support on the website. Um, we'll put David's links down below as well. This has been a great episode. Thank you again for coming on. Absolutely. Thanks for having me.